Hello and welcome to the Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're off to the fair. Art Basel, to be more specific, which is making a much-anticipated return this week as well as gauging what the appetites, themes and conversations might be on the floors of the fair itself, on the programme we're also going to take a timely dip into UBS and Art Basel's jointly published mid-year review, Resilience in the Dealer Sector, authored by the renowned cultural economist and friend of this programme, Dr Claire McAndrew. In the lead-up to Art Basel's return, the survey presents an analysis of the global dealer sector in the first half of the year amidst the continued challenges of the pandemic. The analysis is based on responses from over 700 dealers operating in art and antiques markets in more than 50 regions or countries. It also integrates fresh insights from a survey of 500 high net worth collectors across five key markets. Before we hear from UBS Global Wealth Management's chief economist on themes like the role of sustainability, collector engagement, market resilience and attitudes around the digital realm, Let's start with a quick thought on what Art Basel itself might have in store for attendees this week and maybe a reflection or two also on just what we've been missing over the last 18 months or so during various lockdowns and limits on fares and travel. Joining me to ponder those questions is Robert Bound, Monocle's senior editor and a man who's seen quite a lot of art fairs in his time. Robert Bound, can I describe you as a veteran tender of art fairs <laughs> in a polite way? Yeah. I, well, I just did. Yeah. You're, uh, you're saying I've been around. What can we expect? Look, Art Basel returns kind of properly yeah. at the end of the week, and it's very exciting for a lot of uh, sort of market watchers and so forth. But I guess maybe give us a sense, given you've attended Art Basel often and lots of other fairs, mm-hmm. w- what have we been missing over the last kind of 18 months or so? That physical moment, Tom, we've been missing getting our, our eyeballs engaged with the paint, with sculpture, with wonderful works of art, those physical meetings with gallerists, with friends, with dealers, with curators. So much business is done that is not art market business. That's not the sort of top line of commercial galleries. Of course, a lot of that will be done next week. And I'm sure Art Bars are looking forward to a, a, a profitable fair. But I think most of all, all of us are kind of wishing for a fair that's sort of profitable in a bit more of a sort of pastoral sense, right? Mm. We all want to meet the people we've missed. Um, and this is the real, the first big deal fair that's kind of come back physically. Their Hong Kong iteration kind of came back in the in, in the spring, um, which was good, but it had these kind of famous ghost booths where people kind of f- flew in their, their works, but not their staff. So it's a bit of a strange one. This is the first time it'll be back as a kind of real deal. And I think, you know, the, the market and curators and, and all sorts of different sort of spokes of the wheel just super excited. And Rob, how do you think then fairs go about the job, which I suppose is kind of important, of reclaiming their primacy, if you like? We, we know about the shift to digital. It's been expedient. It makes sense. We understand it. But how do fairs go about doing that? Is it about the works they show? Can they rely on people's joyous return to all of those human connections as being in itself enough strategically? What does that look like, do you think? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And I think it's one of these things that, you know, once you've opened the box, it's difficult to put everything, you know, stuff all your toys back in. Online sales will make up a lot of sales. They'll make up a lot of absentee bids, as it were. I know we're not talking about auctions, but, you know, the Asian and American buyers, collectors, will be thinner on the ground in Switzerland this year. So maybe those online sales will be sort of prearranged. There will be viewing rooms for VVIPs and that sort of thing, I'd have thought. But the physical 
sort of stamps its authority on the digital by virtue of the fact that you can reach out and touch it. I mean, I think that, that's how everyone has missed so much. And I think painting is in the primacy again, in an upturned, in a sort of upside down world, everyone turns to painting as the thing to invest in, as the kind of, as the, the hearth, the warm hearth in the art world to gather around, right? And people want to see paint. That's not like a photographic print or something that you can kind of look at online and probably fall in love with. You need to see this stuff up close and personal. I think that's how the physical stamps its authority on it. And, and as I say, again, by the, all these spokes in the world, by, by, by the physical meeting of people missing each other, I think, is, is a massive sort of underplayed deal that no amount of amazing online viewing rooms and Zoom links can ever, ever put out of fashion. Well, to that point, then, do you think that gallerists, and I guess in particular artists who are working and are looking to show their work and they want it to be in front of people's eyeballs, as you say... Is it simply the case that they they continue to care more about fairs than digital? Or do you think in some ways the last 18 months have challenged some of the preconceptions, even from, if you like, traditionalists? And I don't mean that pejoratively. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, well, also, I think, I mean, I think artists, it's an interesting question, I think artists are more into art fairs than they've ever been before because a lot of their, you know, unless you're a huge name, a lot of your market has disappeared. The middle ground has fallen out of the art market because it's not so easy to see that stuff online. The bigger artists are boosted up. The larger galleries have the better online viewing rooms and, and the bigger production values and all the rest of it. So I think artists having been occasionally, you know, you don't see too many artists at art fairs, but you see them doing the talks and you see them hanging around at the parties and things like that. But I think you see more. I think people have realised how much they've missed them. I went to Photo London a couple of weeks ago and it was really, really busy and it was really nice to see as a kind of test bed, you might say, for something as big as Art Basel. It was really nice to see. and It was nice to see lots of photographers there, lots of people really engaged and using it as a curatorial exercise and as a social gathering as much as a marketplace. So all these ingredients kind of go into that, that sort of happy soup that I think we'll experience in Basel. Robert Bound, thank you very much. Well, next, let's take the temperature of the art market in the week that Art Basel returns and also reflect on the bigger economic picture. UBS and Art Basel last week jointly published that mid-year review entitled Resilience in the Dealer Sector. Here to talk to us about some of the findings and to put them in a broader economic context is our good friend and regular contributor, Paul Donovan, Paul's chief economist in UBS Global Wealth Management. Paul, it's great to hear from you. As ever, thanks for joining us on the programme. Let me ask you a little bit about the piece which, once again, Claire McAndrew has helped uh, UBS and Art Basel to, to, to produce here. What are some of the key the key takeaways as we take a kind of a bird's eye look at the state of the global art market? I guess it is informed by lots of the big global economic considerations which are informing just about everything after the turbulent 18 months we've had. Exactly. And, and so I think there's two quite important conclusions that, that come out of the report and, and which really fit with the global trends that we're seeing at the moment. So the first of these is that there has been a, a significant increase in activity. You've seen a, a rise in sales and particularly amongst millennials. Millennials have been actually quite aggressive in purchasing art over the course of, of the last six months or so. And that's part of what we've been seeing around the world, at least amongst developed economy consumers, where overall consumption has picked up because people weren't spending so much last year, they were accumulating savings, and they're now indulging themselves, as it were, by going out and and using those savings in the marketplace and by 
either purchasing, in many cases in, in the conventional economy, durable goods, redecorating their homes, and then also by going out and having fun. And I think the thing here is that, as the uh, you know, art report is, is indicating, we're seeing those trends re- replicate in the art market, which is fairly logical, because, of course, art is, is aesthetic, but also purchasing art, uh, experiencing art, is a fun process. And so it sort of very much marries in with the trends we're seeing globally in consumption. And then the second thing is, I suppose, the resilience of the shift to online consumption in terms of, of art. So prior to the pandemic, maybe 10% of sales were being done in a, in a digital format, so done online, essentially. And now it's, it's well over a third of sales are still taking place online. Uh, it's, it's almost 40%, in fact, now. So I think that, too, is important, that there has been some kind of structural shift within the art market. And even though the necessity of purchasing online has faded as, as restrictions in the economy have eased, having shifted to purchasing art in a, in a digital way, people are not necessarily turning back. And again, that's something we're seeing in other areas of consumption as well, where the rise of digital spending has, has become so important. Well, yeah. And Paul, this is one thing I really wanted to talk to you about specifically, which was how some of these themes in the report fit into, I guess, what we would call the conventional economics of spending patterns, consumption, as you've described. And it's interesting reading some of the remarks of your colleague, the chair of the UBS Art Board, Crystal Novakovic, talking about the fact that Yes, that digital acceleration continuing. And the fact that that brings with it these evolutions and challenges to traditional market structures, along with new opportunities. And again, does does art mirror, I guess, the rest of the economy in that sense, in that there are very obvious challenges, but also very clear opportunities, whether they're to protagonists who are already active in the market or to people looking for new opportunities? I think it does, up to a point. So, When we are talking about art in the sense of of the art market report, we have to recognise that sort of, you know, the the galleries and the dealers are not, you know, conventional retailers. It's it's not like going to a supermarket or a department store, that they are providing a service, which is the experience, the expertise. I mean, employees in the art sector are uh, very highly educated, I mean, overwhelmingly have degrees, in fact, a very large number have higher degrees, so doctorates, master's degrees, which is necessary because they're providing that expertise as well. So this is an area where there are similarities to other areas of retail. But because this is providing a a service, there is something slightly different about the art market and that personal experience and the interaction with human beings who have expertise in their subject matter is very, very significant. But I think that the art market was generally quite slow to embrace digital selling, the online sales that we've seen in other sectors. And the pandemic essentially has forced that issue. Now, what I think is is interesting here is that I think by moving to have at least some online sales, potentially the art market is opening itself up to new buyers who might have felt quite intimidated about you walking into a gallery for the first time, you know, if, if art is something that you're just starting to learn about. I mean, it can be a very intimidating world. I mean, I've, I've always found you know, art galleries and, and dealerships actually quite intimidating spaces. 
but having access online and sort of acquiring a certain amount of knowledge and sort of easing yourself into the art market initially perhaps through online and then acquiring more knowledge and, and discussions with gallery owners and dealers and so on that seems to me to be a way of increasing the accessibility of the art market so i think this shift to digital it's not going to be quite the same as other retail because of the necessity of having expertise but what it does do i think is break down some of the barriers some of the perceived elitism because i don't think it's necessarily fair but the perceived elitism around the art market and if not democratizing at least opening up to a wider audience over the course of the next few years. So I think that that's a, a huge area of potential. Well, yeah. And Paul, as that opening up, that democratising, call it what you will, it continues to happen. I guess that bigger audience, then that bigger market, bring other sensibilities in. But interestingly, one stat that really jumped out at me from the report was about sustainability, which we know is a real core theme for particularly a lot of millennials, younger entrants into the market. But in, intriguingly, I think in the, in the piece, almost 80%, even of high net worth, existing collectors surveyed said they're really thinking about sustainable options when it comes to purchasing art, the management of collectors collections and so forth. And this is another interesting thing, I think, that brings in one of these big key global secular themes that informs all of the discussions we have on this programme. Sustainability is a, is a critical issue even within the art market. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I think that this is part of sustainability becoming sort of embedded in people's lifestyles uh, across the board. It's, it's not, oh, you know, I, I recycle my wine bottles, therefore I'm sustainable. That's no longer enough. People are being very holistic about sustainability. It's, it's such a crucial part of, of, of how people live now. And yes, that is going to include things like your art collection. And uh, we've seen, you know, obviously there's been, been interest in art that is commenting on the environment, a desire to manage art collections in a sustainable way. You know, this is something which uh, I think is becoming a key part of, of people's lives. And it's, of course, very important for the millennial generation who have particularly embraced sustainability. And the millennial generation are becoming really quite significant as art collectors. They were more significant as purchasers of art than my generation, for example. So you're starting to see a generation that is very, very conscious of sustainability and the imperative of dealing with the environmental credit crunch actually also becoming a lot more significant in the art world. And that, I think, is, is going to be setting a trend for years to come. Paul, perhaps just finally, I wanted to ask you to reflect just briefly, actually, on sort of overall UBS house view about, about art and collecting generally. You, you've alluded to this already because it doesn't function just as a pure market. It's very human. It's very sort of intuitive. It's very personal, in fact. We're hearing some reflections from my colleague Robert Bound here at Monocle earlier about the importance of that humanity, that immediacy, going to art fairs again in person. You get your eyes on works, particularly if you're thinking of something like painting. It's You can't really capture that truth perhaps online is it difficult as looking at this for, through an economist's lens to put a value on that kind of aspect of it the, the human the emotional and presumably art fairs are one of these examples because it could be the fact that you you know you could make a big sale you couldn't make if you weren't there in, in person is that a hard thing to i don't know if quantify is the right word but to make sense of um it is uh, uh, difficult because you know, in theory if you have decided to purchase a, a piece of art does it matter if you're there or not but it is an emotional experience. People become emotionally 
involved with art. I mean, that's, that is, after all, partly you know, the point of art. Art is supposed to generate an emotional response. And it can be quite difficult to generate an emotional response over Zoom or you know, an emotional response which isn't anger, I suppose, because that's quite easy to generate on, on any kind of video conference call. But th- this need to experience in person is, I think, very important. But, of course, it is very difficult to, to put a, a hard economic number on, and, and we don't attempt to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and that's because, of course, what we're talking about here with, with emotional responses, you know, it's not necessarily a rational response, and... and frankly, too much of economics is, is grounded in this nonsense that people are rational when, when clearly they're not. So it, it becomes very, very difficult to sort of model that and to get a perception of it. I think, actually, as, as we look forwards, what we are probably going to end up with is a more hybrid world, as we're seeing in, in many other aspects of the office or, or retail or whatever. I think we will end up with a situation where, for example, art fairs will be in person and people will be able to go along and enjoy the experience. But perhaps there will also be a digital presence as well, running alongside the physical art fair. Galleries will continue to have digital sites because, of course, that gives you the accessibility to people who might perhaps be intimidated. It allows people to sort of gradually enter into the art market. But that physical presence also allows people to enjoy the emotion that art is supposed to be about. Paul Donovan. And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle 24. Listen out for reports all through the week from Art Basel on Monocle 24, and you can listen again and find out more about this programme, as always, at monocle.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24.